0: Welcome to It's Your Money, a practical guide for managing the financial resources God has provided. Your host is Christian attorney and financial counselor G. Edward Reed. Hello and welcome to session number eight in the It's Your Money series. We're talking about the biblical principles of personal money management, and today's topic is a home of your own. Most everyone knows that there are basic needs that people have, like food, clothing, and shelter, and we have to stay somewhere. You understand, of course, that uh, In our modern world, there are various ways that you can provide shelter. Uh, You can own your own home free and clear, or you can own your home partway with the bank owning the other part, or you could rent a home. Uh, You could live with your parents, or you could uh, stay in your car or under a bridge. It kind of goes downhill from there, but you do have to stay somewhere, and so we're talking about this big decision of home ownership. Before we go into ownership, just let me ask you, uh, what about renting? Uh, This is kind of an interesting situation. Uh, Someone like me, for example, I will tell you that I actually, as a student of Bible prophecy, think that uh, we're very near the second coming of Christ. But I'm not really going to encourage people to incur a big debt at this time, but I will tell you that if you feel led to purchase a home or if you're already in a mortgage situation, This session today will help you to uh, understand how you can liquidate that debt and to be uh, completely debt-free in a reasonably short period of time. Let's go back to renting now uh... renting is not just like putting money down a rat hole as people say because you are exchanging some of your dollars for someone else's property and they have the headaches of the maintenance and the taxes and the insurance and those kind of things but the problem with renting really is you never stop making payments that means all of your life you're making a house payment essentially or a rent payment, a lease payment. Even after retirement, it continues. So the real advantage of your home ownership is the building up of equity. And of course, finally, you have the uh, uh, great joy of making that last payment. And from then on, you have simply just maintenance and your utilities and insurance to uh, uh, be your home expenses. So it's a big decision. It really is a big decision. In fact, the Bible says in Luke, the uh, 14th chapter, verses 28 and 29, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it? Uh, Lest, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all who see him uh, begin to mock. So the point I'm going to make from this is you want to calculate... I'm just going to give you a general idea now, and I like to do this in a live group, but we'll just uh, have you to imagine this. How would you describe, actually, an ideal housing arrangement? In other words, uh, I'll give you a little clue to start thinking. Do you think it would be ideal to live in an apartment complex with neighbors on both sides and above you and below you, all of whom like to play rock music on Friday night and Sabbath? Probably not a good idea uh... what about living with your parents well as nice as they are the bible indicates that when a man and woman get married what do they do they leave their father and mother so you understand that there are ideal situations so i'm going to try to describe for you what i would think of as an ideal situation first of all we're talking about a single family dwelling that is where your little family can just be together and to learn to grow together and to have your fun times and your spiritual experiences and so on together that's an ideal arrangement. Another one is we're talking about location and uh, what would ideal be. Now, I know we don't live in an ideal world, but an ideal arrangement from the biblical perspective is more pastoral in the sense that you would be uh, not just you know six feet from your neighbors, but you would have a little piece of land, maybe enough for a garden. We already talked about the advantages of living in the country. But you're away from the noise and the uh, violence and the pollution and the evil influences and the crime of the cities. But uh, a more rural location is also good. Another real interesting one is to think about this idea of uh, building on high ground. Uh, Actually, when you read the chapter 13 in the book Adventist Home about the home and the big decision, there you find that. Actually, high ground is mentioned. Uh, There's a lot of flooding in certain times of the year, and if, uh, in fact, uh, almost all states now require your... your uh, property plat, the uh, survey of your property to state whether it's in a floodplain, like a hundred year floodplain or whatever it might be. And that's always discouraged from a practical perspective to be near where your house could flood. So, uh, also, you want to be in an area that's growing and not one that's going down because when you build your house or when you buy your house, uh, you can recognize this is the single largest investment that most families make. And if you lose on this one, you lose a lot. So I tell people, you really don't make your money when you sell your house. You make it when you buy it, and if you get a good deal going into it, you'll likely be in it in a good way throughout this, the whole time. So you do it wisely, and you intend to pay off your mortgage as quickly as possible. Uh, you want to be in a desirable community, as I mentioned earlier, and you want to seek the security of home ownership Buy something that you can afford to pay off. Now, this is uh, pretty fascinating, because in this idea of home ownership, uh, people uh, frequently say, well, uh, I don't want to pay off my house. My CPA tells me that I need the interest deduction. So I'm going to ask you a simple question now. What time is it when your CPA tells you you need the interest deduction on your mortgage? The time is time to get a new CPA. Because anybody understands now that it's not good business to spend a dollar to save a quarter, and you have to spend the money. We all know now that it's cheaper for your family to pay the taxes on the money rather than getting the interest deduction. So you're much better off from a standpoint of security. Even when we talk about investments, and we'll do that in session number eleven, but I want to tell you that there's no better investment than a prepaid debt or a repaid debt. You're getting saving the interest there and that's very very valuable to know. Okay, let me describe the most common way of purchasing a house today. Most young people particularly do not have uh, cash to pay for their house because, because of inflation actually housing prices are way up and also because of the availability of credit. Let me explain that. How much do you think the average house would sell for if no one could borrow any money? Uh, you're talking instead of the average home being 147,000 in the U.S. I'd say it's more like 25 or 30,000 if everybody had to save up cash before they could buy a house. So you understand the availability of credit shoots the prices up. But uh, I want to describe for you the 30-year mortgage. I will first of all tell you that it's possible to even get longer mortgages. In the large cities of Japan, as I mentioned, in one of our earlier sessions, you can get a hundred year mortgages that it takes three generations to pay off. I was recently at a church camp meeting and I was giving this particular session and a pastor came to me and said, oh, I wish you had just been here two weeks ago. And uh, he said, just two weeks ago, my wife and I decided that, uh, well, they had decided earlier, but they decided they liked the area where they were pastoring. The pastor was 63 years old, planned to retire at 65. And uh, this is an important thing for you to remember in calculating what I'm going to share with you. At any rate, he said they liked it there, so they built their retirement home. And just two weeks before my seminar at the camp meeting, they had signed a 40-year mortgage. And... uh, you can imagine the way I felt, and uh, i you're not supposed to appear shocked as a counselor, but I was a little bit surprised that I knew this man, so I said something just kind of light before we could discuss it. I said, my friend, what were you thinking about? We're all going to be up in heaven enjoying the millennium, and you're going to be down here paying on your house. But beyond that, how old would he be before his house was paid off if he made all the regular payments? well 103 years old so you one of the basic prerequisites to retirement is to be debt free including your home mortgage But let me share with you now the typical 30-year mortgage. Let's say, for example, that a young couple get married and they decide that they want to start building equity and to buy a home. Now, what kind of a home can young couples typically afford? Certainly not their dream house, not the show house in the front of the Sunday paper. But what they can afford is what we call a starter home. That means something that they can afford the payments on their budget while they're buying their cars, you know, paying for their children's arrival and they're growing up and Uh, their student loans and all those kind of things. But think about this now. A young couple buys a house. Then they start their family. They raise their children. They send them through elementary school, through high school or academy and college. And then the kids get married and leave home. And uh, the parents become grandparents. And guess what they're still doing? They're still paying on their home mortgage. Isn't that interesting? How many of you actually think that's typical? it actually isn't typical because very few people actually make all three hundred and sixty payments on their starter house usually about six or eight years after that they say well when we were looking around this was all we could afford Uh, But it's too small now with the kids and so on. Plus, we don't like the neighborhood. So guess what they do? They sell their house and take what equity they get as a down payment on a bigger house, and they start the whole thing all over again. And many people do that several times, and each time getting a 30-year mortgage. And that's where people get into the situation of the pastor that I mentioned earlier. But uh, I believe that you'll find the program that we talk about today will help you in this a great deal. Now, if you're looking, you can notice... On uh, page 25 in the book, and it's also in chapter 8 in the workbook, I've put down here how to purchase a house. And uh, this is just a little illustration. I actually don't recommend it. It's only to show a point. But we're comparing here a conventional 30-year house, a 30-year loan amortization, and the 7-year plan. Now, where did I ever come up with a 7-year plan? Well, that's what the Bible suggests, that we'd not be in debt longer than 7 years. Now, that's an ideal, obviously, that was very appropriate back in Bible times. It may not work exactly that way today, but it at least is helpful to understand the principle. So here it is. I'm going to describe for you, and if you have the workbook or the textbook, you can see it there in an actual form. It's under the heading, How to Purchase a House. But I'm actually comparing two families, and I'm uh, giving them names. The one family are called the Biggers, and the other family, the Smalls. And both of them want a $100,000 house. They both have the 10000 they can pay down. But they're going to do it different ways. The biggers want their $100,000 house right now, so they put down their 10000 They finance 90000 for 30 years. Now, when I, when I put this illustration together, the interest rates were way up in comparison today. By the way, it looked good when interest rates had been 18% just three years before, but it was 12%. But what I'm going to tell you is if you have a 12% loan, obviously you should get it refinanced now. At today's rates, it would be uh, the interest rate almost cut completely in half, and it would save probably $200 a month on the average mortgage. At any rate, in this particular case, their payment's $925 a month, and at the end of their 30 years, 360 payments, they have paid $333,270 for their house. The smalls, on the other hand, said, we're not sure why God uh, designed a seven-year plan, but we want to try it and see what it will do for us. So obviously they couldn't buy their $100,000 house in seven years, but they went out farther in the country, maybe got a fixer-upper of some kind, and they got a house for 60000 they put their 10000 down, and they financed 50000 for seven years, and their payments were $882 a month. But in seven years, they paid the whole thing off, and their total investment, including the down payment, $74,141. Now, it's really interesting that when you sell your house and it's paid off, how much equity do you have? It's 100%. So they sold their house and put 60000 of that down on their $100,000 house. Remember, this is after seven years. And they only had to finance $40,000 this time for seven years. Their payments this time, $706 a month. But at the end of the second seven-year period, they've paid off their $100,000 house, and their total additional investment this time was $59,313. So if you add up the $59,000 and the $74,000 in the first seven years, their total investment, $133,000. Now, if you compare that with what the biggers paid for their house, it's actually $200,000 less. But that's not all. They paid for the house 16 years before the biggers' house was paid off. So in the meantime, they just matched what the biggers were paying each month and put that away in savings. And at the end of the 30 years, the biggers and the smalls get together to compare notes. Now, actually, as you can understand, the smalls are probably taking the biggers out to supper because the biggers have... Just 360 receipts to prove that they've paid their house off. But on the other hand, the smalls paid their house off 16 years ago, and they now have $615,000 in the bank. Now, no self respecting Christian would ever save that much money in the bank, would they? You understand, it's only an illustration to see how your uh, money can benefit you. Uh, instead of you paying the interest on it, let the interest, income, and the compounding work for you. Now, the reason I mentioned you wouldn't have that much money in the bank is we know that the three values of money, our own needs, the needs of others, and advance the cause of God. And by the way, those other two also store up treasures in heaven. So if you know you're going to heaven and you're planning to go there soon, why not store up some treasures in heaven? There's a, an opportunity to help in that way. Now we're going to look at uh, one other uh, point here, and this is on page 26 in the work. some things to consider whenever you borrow money. The first one is borrow as little as possible. That means only get the exact amount you need, not what you qualify for, just the amount you have to get because you have to pay it back. And then you want to make the payback term as short as possible. Sometimes you'll see uh, car advertisements, for example, in the newspaper where it will say, say a new Honda Accord for $2.99 a month. Well, they won't even tell you what the total price of the car is in the ad or how long you'll be paying on it. And if they don't tell you it's thousands of dollars and it's going to take you six years likely to pay it off. But you make your payback term as short as possible. And I'll illustrate that again in just a moment. Have a fixed interest rate. That's very, very important. Usually you can get, in fact, in the 90s it was very popular to have an adjustable rate mortgage because the interest rates were higher. But if the economy changes and the interest goes up, guess what happens to your interest? It goes up too. So you want to avoid that liability or the possible liability and have a fixed rate of interest, the best fixed rate you can get. Number four is be sure there's no prepayment penalty. Now this is pretty interesting because sometimes there's a prepayment penalty and you can pay on a house for several years and if you want to pay it off, they charge you either all or part of the interest anyway. That's a prepayment penalty. And uh, I can just tell you that... Uh, you want to make sure that there's not a prepayment penalty. Many loans do not have it but I can tell you they're creeping back in and when you go to closing you ask the question is there a prepayment penalty and you don't take no for an answer. If there's not you ask them where does it state that in the contract because all home contracts state in them no oral or verbal representation by any party to this agreement is binding unless it's part of the contract so you want to make sure it says somewhere. Have not put it back in a typewriter and type Type on there, no prepayment penalty, and have all the parties initial it so that you understand that you can prepay principal without paying a penalty. Also avoid personal surety whenever you get. That means that you want to make sure that the, the uh, thing that you're purchasing will always sell for enough to pay off the loan so that you don't keep you know yourself or your family in a lurch should you have to liquidate something. Uh, a sixth point is to shop for the money. Now remember that your local friendly neighborhood bank may not be the best place for you to get your loan but you should shop for the money because even like a half percent can be quite a bit of difference over the life of your loan. Okay, we're going to talk now about the number seven, that's do not purchase credit life insurance. We've already talked about that in a previous session. If you feel you need insurance, I would suggest just a simple term uh, life policy so that that would cover all of your debts. And then, of course, number eight is know what you're doing. We're going to look now at a little comparison. I won't go through this whole chart, but I want to save time to look at the uh, amortization schedule on the next page. But we're going to compare a $60,000 mortgage uh, uh, with uh, regular 30-year amortization with a bi-weekly payment and also the seven-year plan. A conventional loan of $60,000 at 12% is six hundred and seventeen dollars a month so the interest paid with that kind of a loan is just a hundred and sixty two thousand dollars just the interest alone everyone pays back the sixty thousand but if you did just one thing and that is to make half of a regular monthly payment every two weeks you would cut the life of the loan to nineteen years and save yourself seventy thousand dollars in interest just by that simple thing the point is that you actually would make 26 of these little half payments in the course of a year, and that means you'd make 13 whole payments. So a whole payment would go just to principal, and that's what really helps to pay it off so quickly. One other thing I'll mention on this page, if you see the 15-year line down there, a lot of people don't realize it, but if you just, in most mortgages, add only about $100 a month to the mortgage when you set it up, you can pay it off in 15 years, and in this case, you would save $92,000 worth of interest. Now, it's going to be to your advantage to have the amortization schedule in front of you on page uh, 27, but uh, you'll be able to see uh... some points here which are really really helpful to you and uh... I, an amortization schedule is simply like a computer printout of your loan in this particular case on the amortization that i have there are uh... five columns uh, first is the date the payment is due the second is the number of the payment and that would be either one to three hundred sixty if it's a thirty year loan And the interest that's due that particular month, how much of your uh, payment goes to the principal or how much it reduces your loan amount, and then the fifth column is the balance. And uh, in this particular case, and the illustration I'm using is the $60,000, 12%, $617 a month for 30 years. So you notice that in the the first payment, uh, of the $617, 600 goes to interest, only $17 goes to the principal to reduce the loan. I remember asking a young couple one time with a similar mortgage, have you guys ever thought about doubling up your house payment? And the young couple said, oh, Mr. Reed, you don't understand. We can barely make our regular one. We couldn't make, you know, $1,235 a month. And I said, no, no, you don't have to do that. If any time you make one full payment, you can always add additional principal payments and make uh, a second payment. For example, in this one, next month's payment would only have $17.34 of principal amount. And if you paid that much, which is about the price of a large pizza or a tank of gas, you made second payment with first payment and saved yourself $599 that you never have to pay. And so the next month, payment number three would be due. Remember, you have to make at least one full payment every month, but you can add as many a Additional payments as you could. Now uh, any time. by the way, if there's no prepayment penalty. So at the end of the first year, just typically going down through this, after making 12 payments you've given the bank $7,188 and you've only reduced your loan by $17. Now this is really, really incredible. Do you remember when I was telling you about uh, the budget situation and getting out of debt, how I said that we had had a yard sale? How many remember how much we made from the yard sale? We actually made $265, you remember, and it was a fun experience for us. But uh, we didn't use uh, it all for putting on debts. We actually uh, splurged and went to Taco Bell, remember, and I spent $20 on a vegetarian burrito supper and drinks for our family of four. But that left us $245. Now, this is an illustration that I think you'll appreciate. Let's say this happened to us in December, and with my December payment, I added $245. What would I accomplish by doing that? Well, if you look at the amortization schedule, that's the exact amount that I would pay in principal in the second year of my mortgage. So as a matter of fact, what I'm doing there is uh, paying an entire year's worth of payments with one $245 payment, and I save myself $7,160 in interest. And by the way, if you divide 245 into 7160 it goes 27 times, so that's 2,100%, 2,700% uh... return on investment and by the way that's much much better than you would get on any other investment that you could think of I mean, and in, 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 uh... let me give another illustration here then what i want you to understand is that you could actually the average family make uh... eight years worth of house payments in one year by doing what i'm going to show you right now for example Uh, make all of your regular 12 payments on a timely basis, have a yard sale, use the proceeds to pay another year of your house, and then most of you have heard of an IRA, an individual retirement account, where you can set aside $2,000 tax-free. My suggestion here, go ahead and pay the taxes and put the $2,000 on your home mortgage. In this case, that would pay an additional six years and save you $42,000 in uh, interest payments that you'd never have to pay. But people say, but I was training that for." my retirement or saving that amount. Why not pay off your house and live that much cheaper during retirement? And by the way, if you have a good IRA, maybe you're getting six or eight percent interest. And if you can make 2,100 percent interest in paying off your house, why not do it? It's much better for you. Well, you can look at the schedule read the material in the book I know that this is kinda difficult to to understand the first time you see it but it's very fascinating I will tell you one other thing if you for example got a hundred dollars from your in-laws for Christmas why not just take a bunch of the uh, principal payments when you make your next payment and say guess what we were able to make five payments on our house with what you just gave us and we saved three thousand dollars in interest one final thing about the amortization schedule, and that is I would never just send in fifty dollars or a hundred dollars to five hundred dollars. use your amortization schedule and add up you know exact amounts of additional principal so that you can keep track on your amortization schedule with that. Larry Burkett, in his book, Investing for the Future, on page 142, stated, "...it's my strong conviction that becoming debt-free, including the home mortgage, should be the first investment goal for any young couple or person. Once you've achieved that goal, then and only then should you invest in other areas." We have a similar counsel from Adventist Home, page 395. Had brother and sister B been economical managers denying themselves, they could have this have had a home of their own, and besides this have had means to draw upon in case of adversity. Uh, it's interesting also that we have another statement, 384 of Adventist Home, We are not to feel disturbed if our neighbors build and furnish their houses in a manner that we are not authorized to follow. Well, everybody understands that's like uh, keeping up with the Joneses, but listen really carefully to what I'm going to tell you now. I believe God uh, is pleased when we have reasonable accommodations and that we can work together and uh, have a a comfortable home. But remember, some people are not planning to go to heaven. Now, this is, uh, I know it may be a new thought for you, but most of the people you encounter on broadcast television are not planning to go to heaven. Uh, they, They never say anything about it. They don't act like it. They don't live like it they're not planning to. But we know that God is building us a mansion in heaven, and what we need here is basic shelter and food and clothing. The whole point of my telling you about this is so that you can get out from under that burden of mortgage and live debt-free very quickly many couples have found that if they begin early with a prepayment plan that uh, when they uh, children are ready to go to college they've paid their house off and they can use that mortgage money they were paying to help their children through school which I think is a much better investment than even starting to save money for children's education while you're paying on your house lots of people have benefited from this I believe you will too Home ownership is a real good satisfaction. Make sure you buy or build in the right place, that you get a good deal on what you're going to do, and that you have a plan to systematically uh, prepay the principal so that someday soon you'll be completely debt-free. Remember that uh, this is one of our basic needs, but it doesn't need to take all of our money all of our life. And by the way, if you plan ahead, you'll be in a much better position to think about retirement, which we're going to talk about in our next session, to start retirement debt free and be ready to uh, live in ways that you can be helpful to others during that time. You've been listening to It's Your Money with Christian attorney and financial counselor G. Edward Reed. If you'd like to learn more about developing financial strategies from a Christian perspective, call 1-800-328-0525 and ask for the companion It's Your Money book and workbook written by Mr. Reed. You can also order individual It's Your Money CDs by name or topic. Call 1-800-328-0525 or visit online at www.adventsource.org.